Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Daniel chapter one, second message in a series called The Christian Citizen. If you did not hear last week's message, I would strongly encourage you to go listen to it. Apparently, it had a great impact. As we had Candidate Sunday, we had many of the candidates uh, that are running for office here, and it was a, a beautiful time to speak God's Word, to honor them, and to speak God's Word uh, to be able to help them and to help us. It's not a, uh, it can be a difficult thing to run for public office, as some of you are fully aware. Daniel chapter 1, then we'll look at Daniel 2, and uh, the scripture is on your notes. I might not read the whole thing, but reference it during the message. Are you ready? Let's go. Daniel 1 and verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself, himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would have my head because of you. And Daniel said to the guard whom chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So we agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they looked, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine. They were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Go ahead to Daniel chapter 2. If you need to sit, I understand. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 18. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so he and his friends might not be executed. That, that's good. That'd be good. With the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel a vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven. What did he do? He praised the God of heaven. And Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, diviner can explain to the king the mystery is asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He's shown King Nebuchadnezzar will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in your bed, were these. And then he goes ahead and tells them one more section of Scripture. And again, if this is too long to stand, I understand that. Daniel 2, verse 46. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering 
and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Verse 48. Then the king placed Daniel in high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him a ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, Daniel's request, moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Asia, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done already. Service is so full, full of your presence, full of people full of blessings. God, we rejoice in all that you've done. I pray now that as I preach, as I speak, it would burn faith in the heart of each and every person here and those online, those that will listen at a later date as well. Have your way. Take a coal from your altar, I pray, place it upon my lips, that as I preach, it would burn faith in the hearts of each and every one of us. And may you get all the glory, and may the, the effects of this service be far-reaching even to eternity, in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated, and uh, we do have notes. Encourage you to fill those in as we move along. I preach to you a message entitled, In the Right Place at the Right Time. Come on, say, Lord, put me in the right place at the right time. Raise your other hand and try it. Say, Lord, put me in the right place at the right time. We've been doing a series, as I said, called The Christian Citizen, and I preached from Acts 22 last week about how it's time to speak up, and it is absolutely time to speak up. And there are times where if the church doesn't speak up, or if you don't speak up, you can get run over. And uh, the church is supposed to walk in authority and power and if we don't speak up, we will be overrun. We have been overrun, but we need to, a, a great turnaround. Can you say, that's right. And the turnaround, I believe, will come as the church of the living God stands up. You're more powerful than you know. I said, the church is more powerful than you know. And so God desires to have people, the right person in the right place, the right time to make a difference. God has a strategic plan for you, for your family, for us, for the church, but also for nations. He has a strategic plan. And in his plan, he uses people. God's method is people. I want you to say that. God's method is people. Say it a little bit differently. Now, if you're a man, say a man. If you're a woman, say a woman. Already? Ready, set? God's method is a man. All right, make it personal. God's method is a man. All right, so if you're a woman, you're saying God's method is a that is God's method. And there's Colton Wickamore Rotney, a great, great pastor and preacher, I believe in Sri Lanka, uh, many years ago, as in the 70s, was flying from California to Hawaii and he had a vision or a dream. I don't know which one it is. A vision is when you're awake. A dream is when you're sleeping. He, and the Lord spoke to him and said, um, I want you to find Sally Savior. He has a message for you. So he flew from California to Hawaii and he was a guest speaker in Honolulu at a men's convention. And when he got into the men's convention, the first thing he said to everybody, and, and I know this story, not that I was there. I was a little boy in the 1970s. But Dr. Morocco was there and that's how I heard the story. And it's also in his books that he's written. And he stood before a congregation of men and said, is Sally Savior here? Kind of a 
strange question to ask. I mean, back then, might not be so strange now, but back then, it was strange. That's hysterical, what I just said right there. You totally missed it, right over your head. Is Sally Savior here? And, and everybody's like, dude, it's a men's meeting. And everywhere he went, he asked for Sally Savior. Never met Sally Savior. But he had this vision slash dream. He gets on a plane to go back to California to continue itinerating before he heads back to Sri Lanka. or uh, I don't think it's Sri Lanka. I have to go look. Colton Wickamore Rotney is clearly his name. So you can search him. He's all over the internet. Uh, he gets on an airplane and he sits next to this person. And they take off. And he leans over and introduces himself and says, Hi, I'm Colton Wickamore Rotney. And they say, hi, my name's Sally Savior. And the entire flight from Hawaii back to California in the 1970s, this Sally Savior told him everything about his life, told him why he went through certain things, told him why uh, the different difficulty in his home and his family and began to give him a blueprint for his entire life that he's followed since that time. And time went by, it was like they were in a bubble, and as they're landing, Sally Savior says, as we get off the plane, don't turn around. And he said, okay, how many of you would obey that? You'd become a pillar of salt or something, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Absolutely. He walked off the plane and he never turned around and he didn't know if it was an angel or, or who it was. One of the things Sally Savior said is, God's method is a man. And what that means is God will give divine revelation to people, men and women, to fulfill his purposes in the earth. God wants you, God wants me, God wants us to be the right person at the right place at the right time. And that is, and I've seen that this week, we saw that this week, absolutely supernatural. God wants you to be that kind of a person. Come on, someone say, God wants me to be that kind of a person. Daniel is, the prophet Daniel wrote the book of Daniel, and it is one of the most profound books in all of, in all of the, the closed canon of Scripture. And it's relevant for today. Daniel bloomed where he was planted. And that's what we need to do, of course. We'll get into application here a little bit. But he bloomed where he planted. He didn't choose to go to Babylon. Most of you chose to be in Alaska. I chose to be here. Many of you chose to be here. And if you don't like it, you can move. Daniel didn't choose to be a captive in Babylon, but he was. He didn't choose that. He was taken into captivity. He didn't choose to go to Babylon. He was taken into captivity. He was forced into the king's service. It's not something he signed up for. The 60 people that came to vacuum and work at the church, they decided they wanted to come and help. Nobody forced anybody. In fact, if anybody forces you to do anything, you, you, you don't do that. I will, I will never force you to do anything. You give options, you get to choose. Everybody say, I get to choose. How did Daniel become the right person at the right place at the right time? The same way you will become the right person at the right place at the right time. Same way I will. He chose to see his situation as an opportunity to be used by God. He, let me say that again. He chose to see his situation as an opportunity to be used by God, even though he was taken captive. Wow, amazing. You know, Daniel wasn't hoping, gee, one day when I grow up, 
I want to be brought into captivity and made a eunuch. I don't think that's first on Daniel's list. I want to be a slave and, and I want to lose the ability to procreate. That is not first on Daniel's list. And some of you, you've got situations that you had nothing to do with. You, were, you didn't choose what family you were born into. You didn't choose the circumstances or situation you might find yourself in. Maybe somebody did something or you found yourself the recipient of unjust actions. Well, welcome to the human race. The point is this. You get to choose what you do in the middle of that, the middle of that moment, that, that circumstance, that situation. Daniel chose, he chose to, to turn it all around. He chose to serve God. I said this last week, and I, I was like right here when I said it. And when I said it, it's not that I haven't said it before. I've said it other times, but it hit me like a very strong exclamation point from heaven. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. I want you to say that. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. We've seen it over and over in our building project. So when we don't move in, we'll have other, other moments of moving forward and there'll be more extremity. What do you mean? I'm just telling you there's things coming in the earth and God has placed you and I in it. And, the, and when the bad report comes and when something happens to you, that you go through something, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see God glorified and magnified. Can you say amen in the house of God? You've got to change the way you see things. Oh, gosh, what am I going to do? Daniel could have said that. He didn't. Some of you are complaining about what's happened and you're bitter. Well, just, how's that working for you? I mean, how's that working? Is that just bringing forth some mighty fruit with that? No, you're not. Just stop right now and determine in the midst of your extremity, stop right now in the midst of your extremity and believe that God can turn things around. Change, move your mental furniture. Some of you need to just gut your mental furniture and rebuild. It's called renewing your mind. Stop right now, right where you are, and choose to have a turnaround. I want you to say that. I'm going to have a turnaround. Say it. Yeah. And you know what happens after that? You'll have another opportunity to do what? Have another turnaround. What are you going to do after that? I'm going to have another one. What are you going to do after that? I'm going to have another breakthrough. What are you going to have? From glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. It does not stop. For those who are surrendered and submitted and bloom when they're planted. Some of you just belly aching. Looking at all the wind and the waves, oh God, do you even love me? Zip your lip. I was going to say shut up, but zip your lip sounds better. Zip it and start declaring the blessing of God. Start declaring a turn. Come on, today is a turnaround day. Say it. Today is a turnaround day. And that's why God could use Daniel. There's many situations we find ourselves in that are difficult. I understand. He continued to obey despite extreme pressure, extreme pressure like death. <laughs> I don't think most of us have this kind of pressure on us. Extreme pressure like no longer living if you don't comply. Extreme pressure to conform to the world or in this case, Babylon. Some of you are yielding to the pressure of your friends, the pressure of your family. Some of you are yielding to the pressure of people to do what they want you to do. Don't ever yield. I'm going to just tell you something about me. I don't know why it is. It's a redeemed, it's a redeemed rebellion. Can I say it that way? I was a rebellious kid and, uh, and the Lord changed me. Now I'm rebellious for God. But if I ever feel somebody trying to force me and push me some direction, that's the last place I'm going. 
I just don't do it. I don't. Now, I'm hopefully growing up and maturing a little bit. Anybody else hoping that you're going to grow up and mature? I'm praying for you also. That when you see something that's contrary to your plan, you have wisdom enough to know when it's the Lord speaking to you. But at the same time, I, I don't do manipulation. I'm not playing. I just don't do it. I don't do codependency either. I'm allergic. Some of you are in situations, you have friends and relationships who pressure you to participate in the same defilement they are, and you cave in. I'm preaching like way better than you guys already been in. He sought the Lord for, for revelation, Daniel 2 and 18. He urged them to plead for mercy from God, from heaven concerning the mystery. They were all going to die. And yet they sought the Lord. And God comes and he visits them. Verse 19, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. How many of you want, how many of you want revelation? How many of you want God to speak to you and give you revelation concerning your life, your calling, your purpose, your plan, your finances? How many of you want? Yeah, then you have to do what he did. A lot of people don't do what, what is required to see revelation released. Prayer. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But Daniel sought God for revelation. That's interesting. A lot of people don't find that. In times we get in trouble, we, many times we don't seek God for revelation. What do I do now? What do we do now? Had a situation this last week. Problem. And by the grace of God, I'm, I think I'm beginning to learn. I'm, I'm hoping I am. Turn to Psalm 25, verse 14. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm beginning to grow up, I think. Right, Pastor Karen? Amen. Right? Say amen, honey. Amen. Don't ever lose your childlike faith, but grow up in discernment, grow up in the gifts, grow up in, in the plan of God, and, and understand that you need revelation. There are things you don't know about. I pray in the Spirit a lot. I pray in the Spirit. God shows me. Had a situation this last week. I'm like, okay, how's that going to happen? Just start praying in the Spirit. Prayed in the Spirit throughout the day. Kept submitting it to the Lord. And in a moment, God said, right now, do this. Right now, go, son, go. I'm like, oh, I just dropped everything, went, boom, total breakthrough. Can't tell you all about it. I only told the people that came to morning prayer. Psalm 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Interesting. Revelation and illumination of your heart and mind brings kingdom power into our lives. However, if you can't be trusted what's already been shown to you, why would God, you wouldn't, come on, no, right, no righteous parent would bless their kids for disobeying. Some of you do. That's why you have the difficulty you have. You can join our learning how to raise children God's way classes, and um, you can learn about how to raise children so you don't have a prison ministry later on. But the truth is, the truth is, that's not how God works. If you can be trusted with little, you've made ruler over much. And you see this in Scripture. And it, it, the, the secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him, not those who, 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 who don't honor him, not fear the fear of the Lord. I should preach on that. He reveals secrets. Oh, God, teach us the fear of the Lord. Give us the fear of the Lord. There's so much revelation. Proverbs 25, 2, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter to search out a matter is the glory of kings. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. God doesn't hide things from you to cause you to be frustrated. 
He protects his power. This is good. I want to be the right person at the right place at the right time. Come on, say that. I want to be the right person at the right place. He gave glory to God in verse 19 of chapter 2 and uh, verse 28, which I'll read of Daniel chapter 2 and 28. But there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days that come. He's given glory to God. Daniel got revelation, but he didn't take credit. Some of you, God, God uses you, and then you break your arm patting yourself on the back. Give God the praise. Give God the glory. It's a beautiful thing to just deflect. Don't receive that. It's get, don't receive it. Give glory to God. Don't touch the three G's. Come on, the three G's. The what? Three G's. That's an old expression, that right, Wally? The gold, the glory, the girls. Okay, we're boys. Let's move on. The result of Daniel being in the right place at the right time, well, he saved his own life. He saved his life, and he saved the life of his friends. He was used to communicate the will of God. Oh, how I long to do that, to communicate the will of God to the world. We're doing that in some small way, I'd like to believe. He was elevated to the place of great leadership to be a great influence for good. Literally, Nebuchadnezzar, come on, the president, fell down at his feet. He was so used by God that he fell down before Daniel and he promoted him. You know, it's interesting when the, the handwriting is on the wall later after Nebuchadnezzar, the Balthazar, grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, they drink, I just read this this week in my Bible reading, he, he drinks from the, the, the vessels of the temple. And it's in that moment, there's a line that you can cross. There's grace, 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 and if you can, you can step over the next line and then you can get whacked. Some of you are like, I thought, I thought that person should have been whacked long ago. Well, thank God you're not God, amen. We'd all be crispy critters everywhere if, if just kill him, God. No, <laughs> don't do it. Change him or remove him is a good prayer. But it's interesting that Daniel comes. He's, he's, he's elderly. I mean, he's part of the classics ministry. And he's, he's brought in. And the king's knees are having fellowship one with another. It said, the text says his knees were knocking together. They saw this hand appear, and Daniel interpreted the, the words, many, many tequila praise him. You've been weighed, found lacking, and you lose the kingdom tonight. And that was the night, actually, that Cyrus came and defeated and, and captured Babylon. It was a, a city that could not be penetrated except, except God. You've been found lacking. And he went to honor him and give him all the gold and do all the stuff. And Daniel said, you can keep your gifts. You can give them to somebody else. I don't need your stuff. Here's what it says. I love that. Not every promotion and not every gift is from the Lord. Sometimes people try to buy you. What's God saying? Live with the characteristics of Daniel. Live with the characteristics of Daniel. Live a holy, live holy in an unholy world. 
live holy in an unholy world. I've taught you before that somebody has to have your shut-up card, and one of my life messages is about hedges of protection, and I've, I've taught that to you. I have them in place. They're not the kind of hedge of protection you can get by answering an altar call. You have to grow these. And it comes from the text where Daniel, at the time of spring, uh, pardon me, David, at the springtime when the kings went out to war, Daniel stayed back. I'll just give them to you real quick. It's, it's in my heart. What does it mean Daniel stayed back? Well, he didn't go on the cutting edge of faith. There's something about staying on the cutting edge of faith that brings protection. He sent others out to war, but he stayed back. He saw the woman, Bathsheba, David, a man after God's own heart, except for the issue with Bathsheba, the incident with Bathsheba. He saw the woman, by the way, I think he had seen her long before that. And he tells him, go get her. Well, if it was Joab, Joab would have said, dude, shut up. That's Uriah's wife. He's your bestie. We're all part of the crew. But he, the, you need to have people that'll tell you to sit down. And, and you need to obey them. They know you better than, than yourself. Now, other people can tell you to sit down. You can tell them to shut up. I'm just saying. But if you build rightly and you have people that hold your accountability card, it's aggressive, I know, but you won't forget it. They hold my shut-up card, which means you have the dream, you have a vision, and it's saying, and they say, you need to sit down. Just pump your brakes, as they would say. We don't pump our brakes. Now we have ABS brakes, <laughs> mostly. But if you drive an older car, you have to pump your brakes to get that, flu that pressure built up, more application to the brake pads on the wheel and something you need to pump your brakes. Hedges of protection, staying in the cutting edge of faith, have people around you that will, that will call you out. My wife's my number one. I got rebuked by her a few times this week. And of course, the Holy Spirit, you know, lovingly. The third, third hedge of protection, the third hedge of protection is, is the presence of God. And and then intercessors. David sent the ark out. So where's the David that said, one thing I desire to behold your glory? Where's his glory now? He's not even going to pray anymore. Worship is another hedge of protection. Intercessors, people around you. I have a company of people that pray for me. One of the reasons we're able to do what we've done is there's a, there's a whole church that prays every morning, not just here. We've had a prayer meeting here for over 20 years, but not just here in the islands. And around King's Cathedral and chapels around the world, they pray for Alaska. Why? Because we're doing something that is totally impossible in the natural. God has done it. Can you say amen? amen? You've got to have these hedges of protection in an unholy world. You've got to live holy. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me to live holy. Yeah, that's why I got rid of, I, I can tell you that I miss my Instagram. I do miss it a little bit. I miss Billy Graham preaching to me. I miss some of this stuff. I miss posting some things and then people liking it. It's kind of fun. You know what I don't miss? The, the time it stole and the occasional rare defilement that would come. I don't have any of that. It's gone. I'm not even reaching for my phone now. Some of your, the Lord's trying to convict some of you, but you just keep slapping. You keep slapping that away. Okay, being open, be open to God quickening your mind. We're talking about being like a Daniel. The characteristics of Daniel, the characteristics of Daniel 
is that he, he lived holy in an unholy world. Number two, be open to God quickening your mind. Daniel 1 and 17. He, he, he was open to God showing him dreams and visions. Be open to that. Be open to it. And when you lie down in bed at night, say, God, give me a dream. Show me. Show me something. I give you my sleep. Try that. I, and, and you, you want to you go another level? Get, a, get a, a pad of paper. Get a notebook. Put it by your bed. Put a pen there. And, and say, God, give me dreams. Show me things, oh God. I give you my sleep. Would you speak to me? And you'll find yourself having dreams. And then you wake up and write them down. So I don't understand them. Well, just pray for interpretation. And there are people that have the gift of dream interpretation. It's not my main gift. But the Lord speaks to me in ways that, that are so clear. When I get dreams that I really need to understand, it's not vague. It's like this, this, and this. I pray that every, every night I lie down, nearly every night, I lie down and say, oh, God, speak to me. Sometimes I'm so tired, I'm snoring before I even know what happened. And commonly what's happened over the past weeks is it'll wake me up at 3.33, frequently, 3.33 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and his, he'll be there, his presence is there, and I go to sleep, and, or I do this half-sleep, half-awake vision dream thing, and he shows me one, two, three, four, five. Gives me solutions to problems that happen the next day. Gives me solutions to problems that happened the day before. Be open to revelation. Get, get spiritual revelation. Look at see. Get spiritual revelation. Moses cried out to God, and then God showed him in Exodus 15, showed him a tree, which is a picture of the cross. Throw it in the bitter water, and the bitter water is made sweet, and all of Israel has to drink. Get spiritual revelation. You need spiritual revelation. Come on, say, Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Go ahead. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Have hands laid on you. Be a person of prayer. That's what Daniel was. That's what we need to be. Be a person of prayer. Rise up in leadership. Look at E. Leadership is influencing people. God's, God's called us to influence people. I'm very proud of Ian Crafton, who ran for city council, and he didn't get in. Well, try, try again. Why? Because we need to influence. I was talking to a, a high-level city official, and they were telling me, you need to pray. You pray for us. There, there's people in positions of authority that need to be removed. Let me run that through again. The elections coming up, midterm elections. There's people in position of authority. They need to be voted out. And go, go listen to last week's message. You, you can't legislate morality. You vote the issues. You vote what's right and, and, and not, not wrong. You don't, you don't vote race. You don't vote religion. You vote right and wrong. Doesn't matter if they come from a long line with the party that your grandfather started a million years ago. When you came out of a cave and they were all voting that way and now that's the way you vote because that's we were cave dwellers. We all voted that way and that's the way we vote. Stop it. Things change. Vote the issues. Everybody say it. Vote the issues. There's people that God has for you to influence. Influence them. Speak up. I, I shared this before. When we were little boys, my brother on the second row, in, in uh, not Shelter Island, but in uh, South, is it South Hold? In South Hold, Long Island. Uh, I don't know, it would be Kenneth McCall would be our, said uncle? Okay, we called him uncle. He's a family relative, missionary to China in World War II, uh, part of the Inland China Missionary Society. 
and uh, went there, served there, was in China in, a, in a, a prison camp for, I think, four years. Four years, had, his, had two kids there. Yeah, and uh, had two children there, came back, lived in England, and uh, he came to visit us. He's a missionary. He told us these stories about how the Lord appeared to him. He was headed towards, a, uh, I think it was called a tank trap, and he was going to walk into it with him and his family. And some man appeared, told us a story. I was, I don't know, I had to be five. I was just riveted, like, whoa, how cool. A man in white appeared and said, don't go this way. Go this way. And they ended up going into this town, and they said to him, why didn't you keep going? We were watching you. He said, a man in white appeared and told us to come here. You all would have been dead if you went straight ahead. And he said it was Jesus. And I was at five years old, like, whoa, yes, awesome. I was in his hand. I just needed them to tell me, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and your sins will be forgiven. I'd have been saved instantly, but he never said it. Why is that important for me? Because God's placed people in your life, and you're like, what if they're offended? They're already offended. They're headed to hell. How offended are they going to be when they end up in hell and you didn't tell them? Oh, how things could have been different if dad got saved right then. Oh, how things could have been different. And I know God works all things together for good, but it doesn't mean it was the perfect plan and will of God. He just turned things for good. I believe that God's plan was something different, but God intervened because people turned their hearts towards him. Just because something happened doesn't mean it's, oh, it's just the sovereignty of God. Bless God, it's just sovereignty. No, how about you didn't pray, you didn't fast, you didn't... Let's have a praise break. Amen, pastor. Some of you take the sovereignty of God, but really you're lazy. Bump your neighbor and say, I don't know who he's talking to today. <laughs> take laziness and put God's sovereignty on it. What would have happened if Jesus didn't pray for Peter that your faith may not fail? Then Peter's faith would have failed. Prayer makes all the difference and God will cause you to rise up. He said, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. Every single person here is influencing somebody. You influence them, either, either you're influencing them for the glory of God or you're influencing them for, for the enemy or the world or the flesh. Not feeling the love. Let's move on to F. <laughs> bloom where you're planted. Everybody say, bloom where you're planted. I was thanking God for the choirs this morning. And um, they're amazing family. Pastor Tammy, she's a pastor now. She didn't come here hoping to one day be a pastor. She had no agenda. All she did was want to love God, serve God. And Scott, your love for the word encourages me every time I preach. You're hanging on nearly every word I say. And you're always saying, glory to God. Amen. You're, you're quoting scriptures as I'm saying them. You're saying them with me. You're, just a, you're a great encourager. You've bloomed where you've been planted and God has made you a pastor, Tammy. Made you a pastor. You didn't ask for that. All you did was serve, 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 serve. And God has elevated you and you're a tremendous pastor. And I don't know what we do without you. God bless you. Bloom where you're planted. Come on, say it. Bloom where you're planted. Be in the, be in the right place at the right time. Come on, somebody say that. Be at the right place at the right time. Now, some of you are not in the right place at the right time because you're like, that's beneath me. You might be doing something you think is beneath you. I would advise you to keep doing it. 
God has you doing it. Do it with all your heart. And lastly, as the worship team comes, as the worship team comes, you must surrender fully to God so he can use you. I was going to preach something different than this, but as I wrestled in my time of prayer with the Lord, he, he told me to preach this. But I had, a, I had a, a vision of Phineas. Let me say, first of all, Phineas from the Old Testament book of Numbers. Let me say, first of all, you have to surrender completely to the will of God. You have to submerse yourself. It can't just be something you do on a Sunday morning when you came to church and, and, and you want God to give you a hand clap because you came. Church is like breathing. It is non-optional. It's a covenant relationship. This is the way I think of it. It's the way the Tiff Shuttlesworth talks about it too. Church is something that, that we do because we're believers. We, we are not like some who are in the habit of shrinking back under destruction. We don't shrink back. We, we, we don't forsake the gathering of the saints. And by the way, you can't gather online. You can get information, but I can't see what you could be smoking weed right now. And I have no idea. Pretty sure nobody's smoking weed here. I guess there's edibles, but I mean, man. Church will never just be online. I don't care what anybody says. It's contrary to the definition of what church is. It's, it doesn't, doesn't work. It just doesn't work. There'll always be a gathering. And that's what this is. And we gather in homes and we gather in teams and we have multiple services and all of that. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. You've got to surrender to the will of God. You've got to submerse yourself into the things of God. Some of you have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And you're like, how come, I, how come I'm not in the right, right place at the right time? You don't even know where you are. You're double-minded man, unstable in all your ways, as James says. Come on, double-mindedness is bad news. It'll, it'll crush you, it'll kill you. You'll never be a Daniel. You'll never be a Daniel. You'll never be in the right place if you're double-minded constantly yielding to your flesh, constantly doing things that you shouldn't do, and then repenting. And then, listen, if you're in that place, I'm, I'm glad you're here. But there needs to be the process of sanctification, growing and maturing in God. And we're all in that process. Please, please. I've arrived. <laughs> You've fallen, actually. Because pride comes before a fall. Fully surrender to the Lord. Now, let me say this. It's the final thing I'm going to say. I'm going to pray. God is raising up Phineas's. Phineas was the grandson of Aaron, the high priest. And when Moab sent harlots to cause Israel to come out from the blessing of God, you know, no one can curse you. No one. An undeserved curse returns to the sender like a darting swallow, it says in Proverbs. Like a darting swallow returns to its nest. An undeserved curse returns to its sender. I feel bad for people with witchcraft. I feel bad for people who call down curses and say things on you, on me, on this house, because it's not gonna end up well. They'll be shriveled in their loins and have all kinds of itch and issues and problems. Oh yeah, I said it, then have all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. If we stay humble and broken before God, He will always use us. One of the 
curses of Deuteronomy 28. I'm, listen, I only say biblical curses. Where are we? I'm trying to land this plane here. Phineas was the grandson. Come on, stand up on your feet. Phineas was the great, the, the grandson of Aaron. And when all of that mess started happening, a curse came upon Israel. That false prophet said, I, you can't curse what God has blessed, but if you can get them out from under the blessing of God, then God will, they'll just be exposed to the enemy. And that's what he did. So they sent prostitutes in and they fornicated and committed adultery and a curse came upon Israel. And they were weeping, 24,000 people get killed. And they're weeping between the, at the entrance of the tabernacle. And while they're weeping, one of the leaders of Israel takes a Moabite woman and goes off to a tent to do the thing. And Phineas, part of the youth group, gets so bent out of shape. That's what God made you to be, son, Phineas. He took a javelin and he followed them in and he killed both of them. This is please, spiritual context. He pierced them both through with one shot, which shows you how close they were. One spear. And he ended the plague. It is time for the church to rise in zeal and power and authority. You don't need to apologize for it. You can be at the right place. You can be a Daniel. You can be a Phineas. Come on, God wants us to change this nation. Come on, lift your voice for a moment. God, we pray for the intervention of heaven. We pray, God, for the intervention of heaven in these elections that are up and coming. Lord, cause Alaska to be awakened. Lord, that would end the meaningless, pardon me, the, the senseless, death of the unborn. Help us to put legislation in place. Remove the double-minded legislators. Remove double-minded senators. Remove people that need to be removed and install Daniels, I pray. And raise up people here from this house. Raise up from this house, God. Tremendous leaders in all areas, in all walks of our, our lives. Educators, politicians, Doctors, lawyers, teachers, pastors, prophets, evangelists, musicians, those that are in the arts. Raise them up, God. Raise them up, Lord. Raise up people that will be in the right, the right person at the right place at the right time to bring your kingdom. Put your hands together for God all across this place. Come on, we're going to close, but before we do, if you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Give your life to Christ all across this place, perhaps in recommitment. If you're not walking with Him and you need to recommit, recommit your life today. If you've never given your heart to Jesus in the closing moments of this service, you want to give your heart to Christ for the first time. Or perhaps the enemy lies to you and you're just not sure. If you fit in any of those categories with every head bowed, every eye closed, intercessors praying, you want to give your heart to Jesus. First time, want to recommit. And Donna's on fire as you used to be. You're going to come home. Number three, you just want to be sure. The count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Lift your hand high so I can see it all the way in the back. I see that hand. I see that hand all the way on this side. I want to give your life to Christ. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
little boy. Little children understand. Come on, pray and receive Jesus right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again for the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I'm gonna pray now for you to be filled with the Spirit. I pray, fill each and every one of these with your Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I pray, baptism of fire upon every single, baptism of fire upon every single person today in the name of Jesus, that you would raise up a standard and a righteousness and a leadership, God, across the body of Christ to, to invade the culture to see our nation turn, to see our state turn, to see the nations turn to you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.